Like many girls with sisters, I grew up with the color assigned to me. I was blue and my sister was pink. This color assignment gave me a sense of identity, setting me apart from her. Blue was my color and I associated it with masculinity, making me feel more independent, strong, and in control. My personal style would continue to be defined by a single word from turquoise in 2007, where I was always wearing a piece of the aforementioned color, to the sequence era when I would blind everyone around me with the gold backpack I fell in love with. Fashion for me was never about what I looked like to other people, but a way to express myself and bedazzle myself with whatever I found most beautiful. Welcome to Self-Help Junkie, the podcast where we explore the world of personal development through the eyes of book enthusiasts. I'm your host, Erica Ng, a communication coach and your resident bookworm. This season, we'll be focused on developing our romantic skills, but before we dive into the conversation with our guest, let's get a one-minute summary of how fashion has been used through history. Regardless of the era or society we find ourselves in, the need to make a great first impression has always been an aspect of human interaction. While fashion trends and priorities have evolved, leaving a positive impression has remained constant. Three key elements have consistently shaped our perceptions, what you're wearing, who you're with, and your actions. In medieval court, where wealth and status within the court was priority number one, you made sure to call upon your most notable connections at court, where opulent and jewel-encrusted clothing made of quality cloth dyed in vibrant hues and mastery of courtly etiquette showed your eligibility for marriage. In the 1950s, think Greece, school dances and social functions became pivotal for meeting potential partners. Social status decreased in importance and the ability to dress impeccably, dance gracefully, and engage in meaningful conversation took precedent. Sociability, wit, and charm were the keys to forming connections. Fast forward to the modern era, where online dating apps reign supreme. Photos are our way of signaling the traits we think are most important, but don't think that we're unique. This isn't any different from sending a portrait to a far-off king looking for marriage. The artist we choose is our filter, and the environment and items that appear in the background signal to the world what kind of person we are. And with that, let's dive in. Today, we are welcoming Julie Louise onto the show. She's a certified image consultant from Calgary, Canada. She empowers women to embody confidence and credibility from the inside out by leveraging their style so that they can step into new levels of growth and higher levels of success. I can also verify that she is incredibly stylish and well put together. When we met in Bali in the 30 degrees Celsius afternoon, she looked like she stepped out of a salon onto an ocean breeze while the rest of us were sneakily dabbing our sweat away. Welcome to the show. Oh, Julie. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wish I could have gone to a salon in Bali. That would have been great. <laughs> no, but every time I saw you, your hair was so put together. I did not understand oh. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You only have to master like three hairstyles and then it looks like you put a lot of effort in, but you didn't. Which is the case. (laughs) Well, you have got the rest of us fooled. Um, So (laughs) let's get to know you a little bit better. How did you become a certified image consultant? So it's been really a gradual evolution throughout my life. For as long as I've been able to dress myself, I have been drawn to style. Probably my earliest memory of you know, having a clothing item that I loved was was this purple kitty cat dress that my parents literally had to wash overnight so that I could wear it (laughs) the next day. So it was the only thing I would wear. And for me, style was always about how it made me feel. I was always wanting to make sure that, I mean, 
however conscious I was of it at three years old, I don't know, but like I was very sensitive to how Mm. I felt in my clothes. That has stayed with me. And for a very long time, style was a personal passion and something that I used to make sure that, you know, I felt comfortable in what I was wearing, felt good about myself. And I also used it to discover more about myself. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in junior high, the prime time when you're totally lost and you're going through an identity crisis, you don't know who you are, you're trying to fit in and nobody else knows who they are. And I would really experiment with my style. And like there were the sporty girls that would wear Mm -hmm. sweatpants and like sports team shirts. And so I experimented with that, but I was like, Oh, it's not really me. And then I experimented with like the, you know, off the shoulder, like super trendy looks. And I was like, Mm. Oh, that's not really me either. And I would just experiment to figure out what felt authentic to me. Right. I've continued to evolve. And so what has felt authentic to me has also evolved, but that's how it was a part of my life as I got older, my image started being something that would also get positive attention and open Mm. doors of opportunity for me. So for example, my first job out of university was teaching English in France. Mm -hmm. I was offered opportunities to take on additional projects because the other staff could see that I showed up and presented well, and they wanted someone that would make them look good, Mm -hmm. go and take on these projects. Throughout my life, it's been something that has just benefited me in many, many different ways. And I didn't realize image consulting was Mm -hmm. a thing for a very long time. So I had actually pursued a degree in psychology to understand more of the science behind self-esteem and Mm -hmm. what makes someone feel good um, and perception. I mean, there's so much psychology that goes into style. I know there's actually a whole um, kind of branch of fashion psychology. It wasn't until I was in university and was doing some career exploration that I Mm -hmm. just stumbled across image consulting in a Google search. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, this combines psychology and style, both of my passions. So it just was the perfect career path for Mm -hmm. my interests. And then from there, that's a whole other story. Um, my journey to actually, um, getting to where I am today, but I knew that I wanted to do this. I got some experience teaching, teaching English initially. And then I decided to actually pursue image consulting and got my diploma in image consulting, which is where the certification comes from Mm -hmm. and began working with clients. Very cool. So when I hear an image consultant, did you ever watch What Not to Wear? Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Me too. I grew up on that. And that's really where I first encountered style. So when Mm -hmm. I imagine you saying, first of all, for people who've never watched What Not to Wear, there are these two incredibly stylish and sassy people called Stacey and Clinton. They get a person 
who's been nominated by like their family and friends who have said like they have terrible style, they need help. They come on this show and they give them a makeover with like haircuts and um, just like image consulting. They they tell you what to wear. They get you to try different things on and work with um, what your body is. And I always remember them like cinching the waist <laughs> with a belt. I feel like I still carry that to this day. So yeah. <laughs> when you say an image consultant, that's what I'm imagining. Someone who's sassy and it's like kind of your best friend and being like, not that color, dear. Like wear this instead, <laughs> throw a blazer on. <laughs> is that what it's like? <laughs> There's some parts of it. Yes. And a lot of parts of it that are very different. <laughs> so like the work that I do is really about empowerment and mm -hmm. teaching the skill of dressing so mm -hmm. that women can feel confident about their style, about um, how to put an outfit together and how to dress for the different occasions in their professional mm. life. So what it's not, well, what I do anyways, <laughs> is going into their wardrobe and making them throw all of their clothes <laughs> out. Um, I take an approach of maximizing as much of what women already have in their wardrobe. Mm -hmm teaching them to work with what they already have, refining their wardrobe to make sure that what they keep and what we're working with actually does work for their style and for their body. And then from there, like I teach them the principles for coordinating an outfit and, you know, the concepts of level of formality to understand how to navigate different dress codes. Or, I mean, I'd say that most dress codes these days is business casual, but there's yeah. many different versions of business casual. It means something different in all kinds of different environments. So like, how do you navigate business casual? Essentially, how do you know what is overdressed versus what mm. is underdressed? So it's much more about the skill mm -hmm. development rather than me telling them to get rid of all their clothes and telling them what to wear. Mm -hmm. When I think of guides to wearing clothes. I hear, I feel like this has been trending all over social media, the color guides of being like, are you a spring? Are you a true winter, et cetera? Or the kibbe, yeah. uh, where it's based off of what your body shape is. So do you use mm -hmm. any of that or is it more like, what do you feel good in? What is appropriate for the situation? It's a combination. Mm -hmm. So in the very first stage of the program, I am exploring with them, like, what is it that you want to convey about yourself through mm. your external appearance? And what are your preferences? Because everyone has different preferences. It matters and it's very instinctual. Mm. So, you know, I've had clients that if we're talking about color specifically are just very drawn to like simple, neutral styles. I've had other clients that are really drawn to uh, really colorful, creative looks. And we build that into their, their profile and the vision that they have for their style. And then based on that, we talk about what their natural coloring is mm. so that the colors that they're wearing are actually enhancing their appearance. And when I say enhancing, I mean, there's a whole science behind color analysis, mm -hmm. but basically the colors that you wear reflect light onto your face. Mm -hmm. And if, and your face has undertones, whether they're warm or cool or neutral, or maybe a combination. And if the color that you're wearing isn't in harmony with your undertone, 
your skin will actually absorb the light, mm-hmm. creating um, like unflattering shadows or like enhancing the appearance of darkness under your eyes mm-hmm. or sometimes give you like an unhealthy overtone or for example, a cool undertone like mine. If I'm wearing a warm color, it will make me look sick and like sallow. It'll give mm-hmm. my skin an unhealthy tinge. Right. So you do like color analysis as part of it. And I do talk about what someone's color palette is and teach them why certain colors work better for them than others. But all of that in the context of their personal style and preferences and what they're drawn to as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's balancing those two things. It's like, yes, this might objectively look good on you, but if you hate it, don't wear it. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think, a really easily overlooked component of this mm-hmm. where like not to knock stylists because every stylist has their own approach. But Mm -hmm. if you don't take the time to evaluate what someone is drawn to Mm -hmm. and what their preferences are, Mm -hmm. you can give them all the clothes that's going to look great on them, but the chances of them actually wearing it Mm -hmm. and the chances of the transformation sticking is way lower. So this is about making a lasting change and making sure that the person I'm working with that they feel more like themselves mm-hmm. once we have completed the program, that they're excited about their style and their clothes and applying the knowledge that they learned because it enhances who they are rather than just like throwing on clothes that look good, but doesn't really um, right. help them embody who they are. Right, right. And that's something that I think most people wouldn't think of when they're thinking about putting on clothes in the morning, that it can be part of your self-expression. Well, maybe the self-expression is pretty self-explanatory, but the feeling authentically yourself that you're not wearing like your mom's clothing or your friend's clothing, this is yours and you can own whatever it is that you're stepping into. Yeah. Big time. I mean, like I've worked with a lot of clients that um, a lot of their clothes might've come from a sister or mm. an aunt or like maybe someone shopping for them and purchasing mm-hmm. something as a gift. And they're like, I don't really love it, but I feel like I have to wear it because right. it was a gift. You don't like want to waste it. Rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then in those scenarios, unfortunately, you're kind of bypassing what mm-hmm. actually is authentic to you. And in many cases, the, the women I work with actually have never thought about their style and just Hmm. don't know what their authentic style is. Hmm. So that's why we define what that looks like first. And then we refine their wardrobe to make sure that what we're working with aligns. Right. I'm curious about that because I think, I don't know, as a woman, I, in my teenage years was just constantly, I felt like I was bombarded with fashion, all the magazines, all the TV. I watched Gossip Girl, not for the actual story because the characters were like not well written, but the fashion (laughs) was just so eye-catching and really cool. I totally wore headbands after (laughs) watching Blair wear them all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you start someone on their style journey when they've, that's not part of their vocabulary. It's not part of their everyday thinking. Uh, Well, it starts from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So 
like your style is built on your values, your strengths, your natural Mm -hmm. talents and your goals and like vision for yourself. Mm. It's identifying all of those. And, you know, someone, some women I've worked with have done some work on their values already. And they've kind Mm -hmm. of thought about like what their core values are. Some have it, some it's like brand new. Um, Some women are very, they have their strengths very top of mind. Other women have never really thought about what they like about themselves or what their strengths are. So we start off with this like introspection Mm -hmm. phase of identifying all of these different components of who she is and what she wants to convey through her image and what she wants to embody about herself, basically reaching in and pulling those things out. And then that's where, you know, my talent and my skill where I'm able to contribute that and translate that into what it would look like visually. Mm -hmm. Um, Another component is talking about what they value in their clothes. Mm -hmm. So some women, for example, value feeling comfortable in their clothes Mm -hmm. above all else. For some women, their clothing is more about self-expression and they want to look like an individual and they want Mm. to have a unique appearance. And that's what's most important to them. Um, Other women want to feel feminine in their clothes and that's what's most important to them. And so we also take these clothing values, if you will, Mm. to build that into the vision for their style also. So lots of introspection and lots of translating what those values and internal traits are. Um, will actually look like. Right. And and I think the second one, I can translate one-to-one more easily. Like if they want to look feminine, there is a certain way of doing that. But with the first part, with the values, I'm having a little bit of difficulty. Uh, So leadership is a big one Mm. for my clients. It's a really big part of their brand. Usually they are already in leadership positions or they want to be. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe not an example of a value. Let's say another value might be creativity. Hmm. That'll translate very directly to style. Um, another one might be autonomy. Hmm. That can translate. How would autonomy translate into style? It would be about the way that some of the ways that the values translate are more in the approach to mm-hmm. your wardrobe and how you dress rather than visually. Mm-hmm. So um, autonomy as an example would probably be that you make sure that you're always dressing for yourself mm. and not dressing for other people and that you define your own standard for how you want to look. That That's what you maintain every day, regardless of if you're going to be in an environment where everyone else is wearing pajamas, <laughs> that's not your standard. You're going to dress in alignment with that value for yourself and that standard. Right. right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I like that example there. I think it helps me understand better um, what you yeah. meant by dressing by your values. Uh, so let's yeah. get into the romantic side of things because that's what the season is all about. I think the first thing that your potential partner might see is your online profile. So do you have any tips or guidelines if someone is looking to have a dating profile and be able to find the right person (laughs) using those pictures? Oh my gosh, definitely. It really is about 
kind of like what we were just talking about. What is it that you want to convey about yourself? Mm -hmm. Is do you want people to perceive you as someone that is really outgoing and fun and energetic? If so, in your profile, it would make sense to maybe like choose pictures where you're wearing colors Mm -hmm. or I don't know, maybe you're dressed up fun for some kind of event rather than like sitting alone at a coffee shop. Unless maybe what you want to convey is that you're very introspective and you're like a very calm personality, then maybe you would post a picture of yourself in a coffee shop in something cozy with softer colors. I think it's just important to remember that your appearance communicates messages Mm. always. Whether you're being intentional about what that message is or not, people are meaning-making machines. Uh, Sight is actually the dominant sense. Mm. We gather, I I forget what the percentage is. It's quite high. I want to say like 80 to 90% of the information we take in is visual. I think Mm -hmm. it's 90%. So that is so important to remember and be intentional about so that you're actually controlling the message that you are putting out there through your profile or whether you're meeting someone in person. Um, I mean, because, you know, you only get one chance to make a first impression, but it really does go beyond the first impression. I would also add that um, on the topic of like visual messages, Another thing that intention conveys is care Mm. and that you, you know, care about yourself, that you respect yourself enough to put some thought into your appearance. And it also conveys respect for the person that you're meeting and that you cared enough to put some effort in when meeting them. Right. Um, There's all kinds of um, subconscious messages that we're conveying in the way that we show up. As you're saying that right now, so my boyfriend just recently met my parents for the first time. And as soon as he stepped away, of course, I was like, what do you think? (laughs) Give me like, give me the most harsh critique that you can think of. Like, tell me right now. And they only had positive things to say. Unfortunately, it's not as juicy as I want it to be. But (laughs) one of the big things that they noticed was that he tried his best. Like Bali, everyone's in tank tops, flip flops and everything. He put shoes on. He had like a little button up short sleeve Uh uh, shirt. So they... Yeah, they were like, we could tell that he took time to make his hair look nice and all these things. And having someone do that made them feel like, okay, he actually thinks that this is important and that I'm important. And yeah, like you said, a lot of that is in our dress. A lot of the times I think we associate dressing a certain way as narcissistic or self-centered, but I like the way that you've interpreted it as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It's all in the approach. Like I've heard that. And Mm -hmm. that's actually, that was an insecurity of mine for a really long time Mm -hmm. that I was like, are people going to think I'm superficial Mm -hmm. for talking about this and for saying that it's important and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe like it's only what's on the inside that counts. And it was a reason I held myself back for a really long time from Mm -hmm. actually like 
sharing my message and stepping into my passion and, you know, being able to contribute to people's professional growth. Um, but I, I have this theory that (laughs) (laughs) there is, I see it as a spectrum Mm -hmm. and that one end of the spectrum, people are over-identified with their appearance. And Mm -hmm. when you're over-identified with your appearance, usually it's coming from a place of insecurity that you're trying to like compensate for something that you feel you may be missing on the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think of it as facading or wearing Mm -hmm. a mask. And in that case, um, I do, I do think when that's the approach, for sure, can be very superficial, especially if you're totally disconnected with um, anything deeper mm-hmm. than your appearance. I think the other end of the spectrum is when someone is completely disconnected from their appearance. Maybe they've been wounded. Mm-hmm. And so they say, nope, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm disconnecting. It's only about my intellect or it's only right. about my what I what I have to say or whatever skill you might have. The healthy balance is in the middle when you connect the mind and the body, Mm -hmm. because we are both. Mm -hmm. You cannot be a human without having a physical (laughs) body and appearance. It's not about one or the other. It's Mm -hmm. about both and balancing them. Ideally, embodying who you are on the inside um, through your external appearance and making them align. Right. So that you're being your complete self on the inside and the outside. Right. And as you're talking about those two extremes of the spectrum, I'm thinking about it in terms of relational because humans are social creatures. We need other people to feel happy. It feels Mm -hmm. like on one end, the person who's only um, concerned about their appearance might be attracting someone who wouldn't like them for who they are on the inside. And then on the other end of the spectrum where it feels like they're pushing people away by being like, if you have to know that I'm smart or you have to know that I'm skilled or really creative to appreciate me, but a stranger approaching you can't look at you and be like, smart. (laughs) And what you do need to do is give people a chance to kind of read you to be able to look at that cover and be like, yeah, I want to pick it up. Exactly. You've got to have both. So we just talked about the online profile on first dates. Let's go with a couple different scenarios. You were talking about how a lot of your advice is like the level of formality. So in different dating situations, like on a coffee date versus a drink at the bar versus, I don't know, a dinner date, all of these pretty Mm -hmm. different settings. Do you have any general tips that you could give overall? Like wear red, like use the animalistic (laughs) primal thing, (laughs) wear red. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Um, I mean, I would say that my only general tip is like decide what you want to convey about yourself and Mm. dress intentionally for that Mm. because not everyone wants to like, ideally you want to present well, Mm. but not everyone values being, um, attractive. Mm. Some people just want to be comfortable. It goes back to those value, what you value in your clothing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't care about like wearing the bodycon dress and showing your curves on a first date, then don't wear what you feel like yourself in. 
Um, so as far as like formality, I do have some kind of principles that mm-hmm. I share with my clients that are, are really helpful for navigating like what should you wear if it's mm. a bar versus a coffee shop? So when we talk about like navigating dress codes, there's four things that you want to take into consideration. The first one, it doesn't necessarily apply to dating, but it's industry. <laughs> it was like your job. So whether that's like oil and gas or conservation or a creative industry, whatever, marketing, law, whatever, this, the rest of them apply. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second is environment. Mm-hmm. So is it a bar? Is it a coffee shop? Is it, are you going to a dance class? Are you going to the beach? So you want to dress for the environment. Um, you want to dress for uh, your audience. Mm-hmm. So who are you meeting with? Are you meeting someone that is, I don't know, going to be coming from the office? Are you meeting with someone who, I don't know, maybe you from their profile, you know that they're like a very casual person. So maybe you would dress down. Like just based on any information that you might have, you can Mm -hmm. kind of tailor what you might wear accordingly. Uh, And then the third is um, intention. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you want to come across? So let's say you want to, let's say it's at a bar and he's a, I don't know, another entrepreneur and you want to come across as Mm open-minded for that particular environment. You'll probably be a little bit casual. You might wear like jeans and heels. Again, it depends on your style. Uh, If it's another entrepreneur, he's probably not going to be super dressed up. He'll probably Mm -hmm. be wearing jeans. If he's really well-dressed, like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe a maybe a button up. Right. (laughs) So maybe you'll do a blouse. Again, depends on your style. Um, and then you want to come across as open-minded. So maybe you'll wear like a blouse that has some kind of interesting cut to it, or maybe Mm -hmm. it has, um, has a print or it has some kind of, um, bold color or something unexpected about it. So this is an example of how you would kind of navigate, Mm -hmm. um, how you would decide what to wear depending on the date you're going on and who you're meeting with and how you want to come across. Well, I think that what you're talking about, I think these are really great steps for someone who has not really thought about style. Are these steps that you think about every time you go out or is it more instinctual at this point? It depends Mm -hmm. because like on a day to day, I'm not, I'm like in coffee shops I'm usually around, you know, people that work in call centers because I live in an, an area where there's a lot of call centers. I'm not really, you know, dressing up to stand out necessarily. Right. But if I was going to a conference at a hotel, like this past weekend, um, I wore a blazer because but it was an unstructured blazer and had a print on it. It was cool. Um, <laughs> like... If I'm going to a conference where I do intend to meet people and there's a good chance that I will be networking with people I want to stay in touch with, then I I put more thought into it because Mm -hmm. it matters more. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you and I got together at Seaweed, I was like, okay, what am I going to wear? Like, hey, well, somewhere by the beach. I want it to be comfortable. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to fuss too much. So I wore my onesie. It's still 
stylish because it, it has looked, the print and the lacy thing. I, I was blown away. I was like, of course she would look amazing. <laughs> she's a, she's an image consultant. No, I was floored. I was like, wow, I should have uh, put more effort in. Oh my gosh. But it's a onesie. That's the right. best thing. It's like, I literally took like a couple minutes to mm. throw something on. But like, yeah, I did. I did put some thought, but I was like, well, I'm not going to, it's hot. Yeah. I don't want to wear something that I'm going to overheat. It's going to be sleeveless and like Bali. Yeah. So it's casual. I wanted to ask. So if let's say that you get into a relationship, first off, what are your thoughts on couple outfits? I'm not sure if this is popular in Manila. Um, not that I've noticed. Okay. Um, so in my relationship, mm-hmm. we definitely don't intentionally <laughs> coordinate outfits, yeah. but I will say that over the five years that we've been together, we've definitely influenced each other's style. Oh. And for example, when Mike and I met, he only wore black like head to toe. Oh my goodness. That was his uniform. That would not have worked in the Philippines though. He'd like over. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, and over the years he's incorporated more color and he's like, Oh, I like wearing color. It's not the same thing every day. Right. And then like, on the other hand, Mike's favorite brand is All Saints, and uh, it's a UK brand. They have kind of edgier pieces. I'd heard of them, but I had never shopped at All Saints. I now have some All Saints in my <laughs> wardrobe, um, and my style has gone from being a lot more romantic and feminine. It's still mm-hmm. feminine, but to a little bit um, more edgy, like pieces that are a little bit more unique. And I don't know, I guess I've evolved as a person to, to become more assertive, I would Mm -hmm. say than I used to be. So I'm wearing more darker colors, for example, Mm. and less pink. I still wear pink, but to answer your question, I'm not sure about the couple outfits. (laughs) I mean, do you No judgment if that's what you like? But I do think that the longer you're with someone, I think you can rub off a little bit on each other's preferences. For sure. And like you said, dressing for your audience is one of the criteria, right? And if your partner is important to you, they will probably influence you on what their preferences are. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. That's a, that's a, an area to be careful of Mm -hmm. because style should always be for yourself first Mm -hmm. and then, you know, dressing appropriately, especially for work. But yeah, like, I mean, if we're talking in relationships, yeah. If your partner doesn't like it, if you're too sexy, maybe you make some adjustments, but still, I think it's important that you always maintain your individuality Mm -hmm. and self-expression and your style first and just know where you're willing to make adjustments out of respect for your partner if they they do have Mm -hmm. some strong preferences. But 
That's a tough one because I don't yeah. like being told what to do. And oh, I hate it. I wasn't going to do that thing, but when you told me not to do it, I'm going to do it twice. <laughs> you don't want me to wear that? Okay, I'll wear it every day this week. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's a reflection of the bigger picture, right? Like whenever your partner reacts poorly to something that you're doing, like I've had friends who were dating a girl who is works on OnlyFans and that is her job. And when they got together, he stopped liking it, but that's what you signed up for. That's kind of weird that you now, before you thought it was really cool, really sexy that she did all these things. Now that you guys are together, you want her to change it. Yeah. It feels a little wrong there. Yeah. There's boundaries. Like I think it's important to, always maintain your individuality mm-hmm. when you're in a relationship to get into a relationship, accepting all parts of someone mm-hmm. um, and not having those conditions of like expecting that someone will change to meet your idea of how they mm-hmm. should be. I have another question. So you and Mike have been together for five years. My boyfriend Mm -hmm. and I have only been together for a year and a half, but we have gotten so comfortable that like most Mm -hmm. of the time that we see each other, we are in pajamas (laughs) and we both work from home. So we're just like 90% of the time we're in pajamas. As a stylish person, do you also do this? Like as soon as get home, change into pajamas or are you dressing for yourself all the time? (laughs) Um, well, I'd say, so when I get home, I do change my outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do also always dress for myself. Mm. So whether I am dressing to go out and work at a coffee shop or meet with someone for coffee or whatever, or I'm at home, I, I mentioned before, like I'm sensitive to how I feel in my clothes. Mm. And so my lounge clothes is still nice. Really cute. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so I change into it, but it's still coordinated. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's on brand. That makes sense though. (laughs) So funny. And like, you know, in my colors. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. I I think that maybe I need to do some pajama shopping so that I feel cute all the time, not just when I'm going out. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a lot. That's actually um, a part of my my course is Mm -hmm. lifestyle dressing, Mm -hmm. where you look at how you're spending your time each day and what kind Mm -hmm. of activity you're doing, whether you're working at home or you're going out. And then you compare that to the proportion of your clothes that you have for each activity. And ideally they match up Mm. for someone that is, you know, going out more often, it makes sense that their wardrobe proportionally has more clothes for going out. Mm -hmm. And that might look different, whether like when they go out, maybe they can do like cute joggers and a cute cardigan. And Mm -hmm. that's good. When others go out, maybe it means like dressing up a little bit more, wearing a dress or something. Mm. Um, 
And if you're working at home all the time, ideally you would proportionally have the right amount of clothes for working at home. And how you like to dress when you work at home is another thing. If it's pajamas, then maybe you'd have a couple pair of pajamas so that when you're working at home, it's not always the same thing. Some people, when they're working at home, like for me, even when I do work at home, which I do, I do calls from home, um, I will change all, just because it it changes my mindset into mm. like, okay, it's it's work productive time. Right. Yeah. If you're working at home a lot and you like comfy clothes and you want to like upgrade or have options to be coordinated even when you're working from home, it doesn't have to be a lot. Right. Of stuff. And if you do it strategically, everything should mix and match anyways. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about my own wardrobe where I do calls as well, but I like to be comfortable. So I'm thinking I need more pajama pants, but more work tops to to fit my life. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to understand all of this. Um, and you mentioned a couple helpful tips already. I really liked your idea of mastering like three hairstyles and just falling back to that. Because I think putting a look together does require a lot of brain energy and just time. I, mm-hmm. I've done things like scanned every piece of my clothing into an app and then... Yeah use that, but I fell off the wagon really quickly. Do you have any other tips of arranging your lifestyle to make coordination easier? Um, I guess it depends what makes it hard for you. Mm. So if the hardest part is that you just don't know what actually looks good, Mm -hmm. either you learn the principles to know what looks good so Mm -hmm. that you can make that those decisions for yourself on the fly, or maybe you do keep an album of outfits Mm. that you know look good and then you can refer to that. Mm -hmm. So it depends why it's hard for you. Um, I do have approaches to working with your wardrobe to put something together. Mm -hmm. So, um, It's part of my capsule wardrobe method. And basically the approach is, and there's nuances depending on the climate you live in, but essentially you start with your key piece, which is uh, some kind of third piece being a jacket or a cardigan Mm -hmm. or like something that you put over top that pulls the look together. Mm -hmm. Falling might be different if you're not wearing a cardigan or whatever, but that's what you would technically start with. And then once you have your key piece, you choose your bottoms or your skirt or your dress that's going to coordinate with it. And it needs to coordinate based on four principles. So one of them is style. Mm -hmm. So they need to be similar styles for them to actually like work and look good. Um, the second is color. So it needs to be, uh, cohesive color scheme from top to bottom with the outfit. Um, and then a similar level of formality and refinement, which Mm. kind of you can categorize or group together. Um, and so those are the three things that you need to be thinking when you're coordinating an outfit. So you choose your jacket, the pants, skirt, or dress needs to coordinate using those four principles. Let's say you chose pants or shorts, Mm -hmm. then you choose your top and that needs to coordinate using the four principles Mm. and then you would choose shoes using those four principles. And it sounds like a lot of math. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Got to balance all these things out. But I guess it, it's more objects, so maybe less mathy than I'm thinking. It helps when, like, when you have it laid out in front of you, mm. or like when you have the chart that kind of walks you through each step. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But <laughs> have people like put tags on their clothes like this is this style this formality this and then they can just like cross-reference that instead of like analyzing it every time honestly usually well first of all the style piece we uh, we streamline that when we figure out what their style is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in theory their entire wardrobe should be all a similar style Mm. that's kind of the point of creating that vision at the beginning so that part technically should be taken care of um, and then the formality piece, a lot of the women I work with also have clothes that are largely in the same level of refinement and mm-hmm. formality. So then from there, it's understanding a different set of principles around like coordinating color, coordinating fabric, coordinating footwear accessories. Oh my God, uh, the math is getting harder. <laughs> It's growing exponentially. (laughs) But I guess that's why it's so great to have an expert on your team so that they can guide you through it instead of feeling overwhelmed at like, oh my God, how many more aspects do I need to think about? There's like, it's spoon fed in a way that it builds on each other so that it doesn't feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Where can they find the rest of your amazing advice? All on LinkedIn at Julie Louise. That's where all of my content is, um, my course information, my before and after pictures. And I share, I'm always sharing perspectives and tips and inspiration in my posts as well. Yes. And I see them regularly. One of my favorite posts of yours is the jewelry case that you had, because I have (laughs) just a box. I think it came with jewelry that I bought and I throw all of my jewelry in there and I, I never use it because it's in a box. I can't see it. Um, Mm -hmm. and the tip that you had, do you want to tell everyone? I'm guessing, you know, which one I'm talking about. (laughs) I remember if you can't see it, you won't use it basically. Mm -hmm. So the idea is whether that's your clothes, your shoes, your accessories, everything to set everything up and organize everything in a way that it's easy to see, mm-hmm. to find, to access so that you actually use it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant because I'd applied that to other aspects of my wardrobe, but never to my jewelry. And yeah, now, now I actually wear my jewelry. Thanks to you. <laughs> hey, I'm so happy. It's hilarious. I was working with this one woman and she had like boxes of jewelry And she's like, I don't even know what's in them. And so we had her set everything up and she's like, I have so many great pieces. And then she was wearing her jewelry. And I mean, it, it's quite simple, but if you don't have, if you're not prompted to do it, then it's easy to not do it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's easy to say like, oh, I could do that on my own, but you haven't for how long? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So having that person, it's like going to the gym with a personal trainer rather than by yourself, right? Someone who tells you like, okay, do this, this, and this, it kind of takes the brain energy, makes it much easier to actually do and commit to and get started. 
Ugh, accountability goes such a long way. It really does. It really does. So we're coming to the end of our podcast. Do you have any last words before we sign off? I guess I would say to just remember that it matters how you feel about yourself and that you deserve to feel your best and feel confident, however that looks like. And yeah, to, to nurture your image, your self image from the inside out, because it, when you feel good about yourself from the inside out, it really does open doors of opportunity. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Happy to. Thanks for having (laughs) me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, send this episode to a friend who could use the advice or one who would have a great listen. If you have thoughts or tips you'd like to share, please do at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, or Gmail. I'll see you guys next time.